Welcome to You Gotta Meet Her podcast. I'm Christine Barr, and today we're talking with Violeta. Violet, she is literally one of my oldest friends. I know I say this a lot, <laughs> but I've known her since I was three, <laughs> a toddler age. Um, we have been knowing, we went to school together, we went to pre-K together, and we stay in touch over social being that we don't live in the same state anymore. But she is a beautiful soul, and I love talking with her because she is the definition of of growth. <laughs> she has gone through a lot, but I love her approach about friendships and motherhood and dating. And just, I hope you hear us catching up with each other on here too. And, you know, I, I just I hope you love her as much as I do. <laughs> All right, let's meet Violet. All right, today we're going to be talking with Violet. Violet, tell us a little bit about you. Um, well, I live here in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I just uh, recently uh, partnered up on an insurance agency to move into purchasing the agency. I uh, wanted to start my own and the woman I kept asking for advice was like, hey, let's make a deal instead. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've got two kids. I've got a daughter and a son. Um, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. I've got a man I've been with for three and a half years now. And so, yeah, oh life's been good. Yeah, I, I love. Um, so for the listener, like I love watching your life. We were just talking about that before we started recording. And not only are you one of the oldest people, that sounds so bad, oldest relationships. <laughs> that's what I shouldn't say, oldest people. I should say oldest relationships that I've had. <laughs> But how rare it is to like be able to watch each other's life through social media. Like it's given us that ability to do that. Yes. Right. And we have, I mean, like physically seen each other. It's probably been over 10 years, right? Um, I feel like I probably haven't seen you since maybe middle school or beginning of high school. I yeah. feel like it's been a real long time. But I've seen your mom. That's what it was. I saw your mom. She yeah. had the baby at the grocery store at research. <laughs> You can't miss my mom. Everyone knows my mom. So. Yeah. Well, she's like a second mom. Like, is she <laughs> like, I remember the look. I remember the look. We all knew the look. Um, I do have to ask a race and ethnic background. What is your race and ethnic background? Um, I'm Hispanic. I'm born and raised here in Tulsa, but um, I'm Puerto Rican and Caucasian, I guess you would say. Basically, I'm Puerto Rican, German and Irish. Um, my dad was from Puerto Rico and then yeah, my mom's a little little girl from Indiana. <laughs> <laughs> so what culture did you have in your life growing up? Like, was it really like, did you have a lot of a heavy Puerto Rican life or was it more like, I mean, we, we girl, we're from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Everybody was Native American. Everybody had, I mean, mm -hmm. it's a heavy Mexican population there too. But like, what was your home life like when it came culture? Um, culture wise, I feel like we just had a very typical, you know, my parents weren't super religious. They weren't, um, really into anything major like that. Uh, there were, there was a lot of, um, Hispanic stuff that was around in my upbringing, like, uh, the music, the food, the respect, just, um, 
Hispanic people seem to be a lot more traditional in the sense of the way they speak to their elders and their parents and they're just kind of up each other's butts and yeah. So I was raised that way. Um, but as I got older, I feel like my culture just being in Tulsa has shifted more towards the Mexican style. And there's really not a lot of Puerto Ricans out here. Yes. Even my accent, um, as you know, I mean, you learned Spanish when I learned Spanish, where our accent we were taught was more towards the Mexican style. The language, the slang was all Mexican, not Puerto Rican, Cuban, or even more Latin American. It was very uh, much Mexican, which is predominant in our, our town. So yeah. Right. Me and my sister say that all the time. We're like, yeah, we're Latinas, but we're Mexican. Like, <laughs> it's not what's real. It's just, you know, because that's what was poured into us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just the, the environment we were around, especially. Um, well, I don't know when you and me were like in elementary school, I feel like um, we were really taught a lot of a lot of different Hispanic cultures and like yes. their foods their music, their dances. We learned a lot about different Latin communities. So I thought that was pretty neat. I've tried to take some of that with me. Um, funny enough, I get a lot of people who speak Portuguese and it's so close to Spanish. So it's, I'm trying to pick up both, but. <laughs> um, uh, I, my sister's moving to Brazil at the wow. end of July. Uh, no, at the end of January, she was waiting for like the whole pandemic thing. And she was mm-hmm. like, their numbers are the same as it here as it is here. So I might as well go ahead and go. Yeah. And she, I was like, do you speak Portuguese? And she was like, girl, no. She's like, Venezuela is like right there. Everyone over mm-hmm. there seeks either Portuguese or Spanish. So she's yeah. like, I can find my way around. She made some friends over like a Zoom party call. And <laughs> now she's moving to Brazil. And How I, cool. Is there a big population of Portuguese there in Tulsa? Not that I've come across, but every now and then I get people who come in and they speak Portuguese and it does throw you through a loop because you're like, it sounds like typical Spanish. Right. But <laughs> right. Yeah. So I don't know. I feel like in general, my parents always worked all the time. So my... Uh, culture was babysitter culture. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do you feel like that changed the way you decided to mom now? Um, yes and no. So, um, I like the white boys for whatever reason, it (laughs) seems like any of the, the natives or the Hispanics I date don't really, uh, stick very long. I stick with the white boys. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, And so it's hard to raise them in a Hispanic culture when it's just shut down all the time. Um, My son, Emilio, um, his his dad's family would call him James when he was Uh, first born and I threw a fit. I was like, that's his name, that's his middle name. Well, it's very Hispanic. And I'm like, well, it's his name. So (laughs) you gotta deal with it. But I named him after my brother. So yeah, yeah. So it's- Hold up, Violet, wait. So you telling me that they were just calling him by his middle name because they didn't want to call him by his first name because it was mm-hmm. too Mexican or the too Latin? He- yes, the day he was born, actually, they uh, it, my ex-husband's stepmom made a post and was like, baby James is here and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, that's not his name. Like I called her on Facebook. I'm like, it's not his name. Oh my God. <laughs> You're like, What's yeah. I feel like Emilio really is. It's like Emily with an O. It's not right. a, it's... Hold a second. I did not know that this happened. Like they were just calling this baby what they wanted to call him because they were like, no, we don't like that name. Yeah. So now when he's in trouble, his name is James. <laughs> <laughs> he has a white name. 
<laughs> when you're in trouble, we use your white name. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. That is so crazy. I did not know that. So how did you like, I mean, are you still connected or is, I shouldn't say you, is he still connected to that side of the family? Yeah. Um, me and his dad, uh, we're pretty 50, 50 at this point. We weren't for a while. Um, but now we're like week on week off his sisters and I are still very, very close. Um, I've even taken the kids, uh, to go visit his parents in St. Louis without him, yeah. uh, just so they can see their grandparents, you know? Um, uh, I feel like with his, his nieces and nephews are there's, they're all the same age as my kids. So they're all pretty much like cousin siblings. Yeah. So we stay very, we're pretty close with all of them. And the guy I'm dating now, he's really actually close to my ex's sisters as well. And their husband. Yeah. So, so we're trying to mesh. We're trying. No, no, wait, that's awesome. It took a while. (laughs) I, well, that, I mean, but you could still like, I mean, that's beyond co-parenting. It it took a long time to be able to get there. I mean, both the kids play sports and it was so awkward to be at a wrestling tournament and my ex and his girlfriend be on one side of the auditorium and me and Tim be on the opposite. And then my kids having to run back and forth so we can visit both parents. And, you know, it just wasn't really fair. And it's like, okay, we got to do something different because as much as we at the time hated each other, it wasn't even about us anymore. So, and our parents, didn't exactly set the best example on how to co-parent. So it's something that is important to me to break that cycle. And uh, it, I mean, it's just something that we really, really needed to master because these kids need to know that we can all get along. Yeah. So, oh my, oh my goodness. Like it, my heart. Oh, but it kills me sometimes. Don't girl, me <laughs> girl, you ain't got a lot. You ain't got a lot because I can only imagine. Like I, I'm literally thinking like, what if my ex-husband lived here and I had a G50-50? Like I don't uh. know. Like, I probably would call you and be like, yo, what is step one? Because, or what's the murder in? <laughs> step one, there's going to be times you're like, I'm just going to hit the gas pedal. I'm going to just do it. He's in front of the car. I'm going to do it right now. But, <laughs> but you don't, you know, somehow you're like, okay, probably shouldn't. But you think yeah. about it. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I, I, oh my goodness. That is, you know, that might be season five, co-parenting. Like, tell me what you think. Oh my goodness. That is a, but I am so like, so proud of you for being able to do that because like you said, I'm breaking the cycle and how many people can't put that as the main objective because they keep putting their feelings of what that other person did to them instead of breaking the cycle. So yeah, yeah, girl. I can't say that I didn't, I did have a lot of um, animosity and just a lot of hurt feelings. Um, Things got really, really toxic and physical in our marriage. And he was like a serial cheater. So it just got to a point where there was just so much hurt. And it was like, every time I saw him, it just like made me sick to my stomach. And so it did take a while. And I had a lot of growing up to do myself to get where we are. This is, this transition right now is probably about two years relatively smooth we still have bumps but I mean at least it's we're somewhere you know right right and as you grow as a person you're not the same person you were at the beginning right at the beginning you were somebody that was going through it but now you're on the other side so it's a little bit easier I I totally get it you like you explain that very well um (laughs) shifting gears like let's talk about stereotypes 
Oh, so yeah. are you your stereotype, whichever, whatever you feel like you fall into? And is that you versus real life? Like, what is the difference between your stereotype that you're perceived as and your real life? So um, coming into adulthood, I went to schools on the east side of Tulsa. Um, I smoked weed. I partied. I was young. I got pregnant at 17. A Hispanic girl pregnant at 17. The dad wasn't around and he was much older than me. He was about eight years older than me. Um, and that was my stereotype. And I swore up and down, I would never be that girl. And then yeah. I was a girl. Now my stereotype, I feel like people look at me and they're like, oh, it's this, cause I look white, you know, they just assume like, oh, it's this white girl. She's probably stuck up. She's this or that. And I feel like I'm just really the opposite. I'm just a weird little tattooed girl who runs around and I try to be cool with everyone that I can. So I don't know that I necessarily fit one now, but I for sure was the epitome of a stereotype at 17. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. But like, did you feel like, even though you were a stereotype, did you feel like it's still like, was your life? You were like, yeah, this part is my, like, this is what people see, but I am so many more dimensions than this. For a very long time I was and I felt like especially being in the in the relationships that I've been in the past I don't know that I even with friends I don't know that I've ever had people who truly really looked for my best interest and they would mm. do things and I was kind of a follower for a long time and it took me a really long time to to snap out of it yeah probably like 25 <laughs> so yeah. um now I am I figured out who I am and I realized there's way more slides to this slide show. Yeah. So I got transitions and everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. What so, was that yeah. aha moment for you? What was that aha moment? Like, oh no, I am a bad bitch and I don't have to follow you. You know, I think it was, um, probably closer to the end of my marriage. And I actually, um, that same year I wanted to reinvent myself and I tried to bleach uh -huh. my hair and I got a new car yeah. and I got a new job. I went and got a boob job. I paid for it before even telling my husband, oh my like God. I paid for it. I was like, Hey, by the way. <laughs> and yeah. I just started kind of peeling myself apart. And then it's like, when I started bringing myself where I needed to be, I just realized I was not happy where I was, that I was settling and it's not to talk shit. It's just, I was not living my best life. I wasn't mm. being happy. I was miserable and I had to do something different because if I'm miserable, my kids are miserable. He's miserable. We're all miserable. Yeah. The dog's miserable, you know? Um, so it was probably 25 or 26 and I was splitting up from him. And I think it was the first time he really told me, you can't do this without me. And uh, I paid rent. I had the car payment. I had all the bills caught up for the first time. I didn't have that little... 30 day cushion telling me that you're going to get a cutoff notice for yeah. the first time. It was like, I could breathe. And it's like, I am shit. I am the shit because yeah. I did this alone. I worked two jobs. I made it work. I didn't ask for help from anyone. And it was like, okay, I can do this. I can do better. I can be better. And then it just kind of rolled from there. It was a slow roll, but this last year, honestly, really, really was a lot. I feel like I just ended up with a really good support team. People were really had my best interest at heart and it really just opened my eyes a lot because I was very hard on myself. I was very insecure. Um, and I think it just took a lot of positivity in my corner to get me where I needed to be for sure. Yes, ma'am. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I can't like, ah, okay. 
okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so like I when I say like I fangirl over you on social, like I don't think you realize. Like I'm like, if I like all of her pictures all in one day, I think that's kind of creepy. So let me just like space them out because <laughs> I <laughs> Like, oh, Facebook only put this on my timeline, like today. That's why I'm liking yes. it. <laughs> I do like you, dude. I'll start creeping. I'll get on your Facebook and be like, dang, look at all her hair color. Yeah. Because I've always had boring brown hair. And I'm like, oh, how does she do it? Wigs, girl. Wigs. <laughs> wigs all day. I'm saving money for wigs. Um, but no, like I really do fangirl and I have seen that transition, like through your posting, through your energy that comes on your social media, you can tell like right now you're like jamming the fuck out. Like this yeah, is yeah, Violet right now. <laughs> yes. This is Violet right now. Like, and I think that I, I was, I, you know, I'm, I'm going through a weird transition in my life right now. And we forget that we need these points. Like you needed to be with your ex-husband, right? Like you needed him to say, you're not going to be able to mm -hmm. do this without me mm -hmm. because you probably would have never had that aha moment when right. all your bills were paid and you didn't fucking need him. Yeah. Even, um, I mean, it's been years since we split up. I mean, even up until... I don't know, this past summer, it would just be like, he would call me because I had a car payment that we shared and he would call me. So your car payment's due on the 12th. Are you going to pay it? Do I need to just tell him to come repo mm, it? It's yeah. like, I've paid on it for five years. I feel like I'm going to make the payment, but right. you know, yeah. maybe I won't. <laughs> right. But like having those things said to you and you were able to prove not only to him, but to yourself, like you said, I didn't need anybody else. Right. You, it's almost like, um, what are they called? Baptism through fire, <laughs> right? Like normally right. you have that soft, you know, baptism right. through water and it's, it's great, but like baptism through fire is like, put your, like, come on, like you, it's, it's more than sink or swim. Right. Right. And like now on the other side, now you're like, yo, I've been paying it for five years. <laughs> like, say that right like it's just it's just a different type of energy and um if no one's told you you said you already have a positive you're killing it I'm here to hey. tell you you're <laughs> killing it and thank you yes and I I'm gonna start liking your stuff the day I see it now now that you know that I'm not creepy <laughs> I know your secret I can do it to you I look at your wedding <laughs> pictures I show my man all the time I'm like but look how pretty she was and I isn't like I don't know why but I'll click your your like profile pictures and I scroll through like 40 and I'm like okay now I gotta go back to this album and I'm like look at her dress I want my hair that blonde damn yeah like, girl buy it buy it buy it save your own hair and just yeah, buy it because it will it kill your natural hair yeah, um, but thank you for that also because I, I always forget that like I have stuff up there because I'm like no one's watching the shit that I but they, that means a lot to me I do <laughs> I think it goes a long way though because we've we haven't known each other so long because I do the same to um a few other people like Matthew Zuniga or Caroline uh, Pruitt yeah, yeah. yeah yeah I do I check on it and like Ryan Norton I messaged you about the yeah. other day like you know <laughs> Those women on TikTok, they love him. But yeah, yeah. I, do. I I just, I, I feel like because we didn't have a traditional elementary yeah. experience, we were with the exact same people from the day we walked in to the day we graduated. Right. And we just, we were all like family. We were siblings in the summer times we hung out in the 
holidays, we spend time together. Like all of us were so close. It's hard not to want to see them do well. Yeah. I would agree with that. I saw Lane Miller got married at the um, Waldorf Astoria. I, I was yes. like, oh my God. It's like the dream um, wedding. I was so was, happy for like, her. Like, oh my goodness, her skin looks so good. I, I like, know. I had to text her and it was like, yo, bitch, you look gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. Gorgeous. Yeah, like, I just saw that she had gotten married. She looked beautiful, absolutely yeah. stunning. And their wedding was just amazing. And I was like, I want to do it too. But yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I want to do the marriage thing yet. I, we talk okay. about it, but uh, it's so scary again. Yeah, but you know what? You're not the same person you were in your mm-hmm. first marriage, right? So why would you expect the same outcome? Now, if you were the same bitch doing the same fucking thing you were doing in that first marriage, then yeah, I'd be like, yeah, don't do it because you haven't changed. But you're so different now. Like I do feel very different. I do. Yeah. I, in general, how I approach my friends, my loved ones, I, I do feel different. And I feel like I have a a level of transparency that I didn't have. It's hard to admit when you're wrong. It's hard to say sorry. It's hard to be blunt because sometimes you don't want to hurt someone's feelings, but sometimes right. it's something they need to hear. Um, I had to get that backbone because if I'm going to be alone, people are going to walk over me if they know yeah. I'm alone. So yeah. I had to. And I feel like in general, my relationships with everyone have been way more positive than when you try to just be super nice and sugarcoat everything. Sometimes they need tough love and they need to know, hey, I'm your homie, but like, you're fucking up. You need yeah. to know, but I love you, but like, you got to get your shit together. <laughs> you know? yeah. And I needed that too. And that's how I knew I needed to do that. Cause I needed that badly. Mm. I needed it badly. Mm. So yeah. I love that. Well, let's go into it. How do you make friends? Um, well, I'm a social butterfly. I really don't need a stranger. I have made friends in some of the funniest ways. Um, there was a girl with really badass nails in the Whataburger drive-thru. And I, I asked her, I was like, where do you get your nails done? And she's like, well, I don't have her number, but I'll give you my number. And then I'll give her, give you her card later. Well, we ended up hanging out and being homegirls. And then I saw a girl at Walmart one time. I was like, those shoes are so cute. <laughs> like I just, I, I challenge my kids to compliment a stranger when we go places like the fair, the zoo, we're out and about just anything. It'll put a smile on their face and it makes them accountable for the look on their face. You're not going to walk up to someone with a sour look and be like, I like your shirt. Yeah. You know, you're going to go and be like, I love your shirt. And it does. It puts a smile on someone's face. And I started applying that. And I think it does help. People love that. And they're just like, Hey, you want to be friends? You're so nice. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, that's how really, and bartending, I've met a lot of people who, um, I probably never in a million years would have approached as a friend or thought would be my friend from older people in their 60s and 70s to people who are younger than me that have now become like lifelong friends, you know, and someone I never would have a million years thought, oh, yeah, I'm going to hang out with this older gentleman on a Sunday afternoon and get drunk. Right. Never thought I would, (laughs) you know, but I do it. (laughs) Right. Right. I love that. Um, and, and I, I know like I'll do an intro explaining our, how we know each other, but like (laughs) even growing up in school, like you said, like we were a family, but like we had all walks of life. Yeah. It was like majority white, but it was like all different types of white. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. You know, and then here we are learning proper Spanish and then we're thrown in so many different cultures that Mm -hmm. you didn't have a choice to have that prejudice against someone for being old or young or or a different race or a different hair color like we just didn't have that 
we were so right. diverse in everything. So I, I feel like that's showing up in your life today where you feel comfortable because you know that that's not their walk of life. Is that what I hear you saying? Oh, for sure. And I do think that there's something about being around uh, Asian, Hispanic, uh, African-American, Native American, Caucasian, and we're all speaking Spanish or we're all speaking yeah. French. Like, so when you grow up like that, it's not weird when you hear, you know, a black chick in a club speaking Spanish, but you see every other person like, who is that? She right. can talk Spanish good. And it's like, well, you know, she can't take a Spanish class. Right. Or she can't be Dominican or she can't be Moroccan. Like there's so many. So they're so stereotypical. I get customers even who come in and they're like, I'm literally addressing them in Spanish as they walk in the door and they're like, do you speak Spanish? I'm like, I feel like I am talking to you in Spanish. So like, yes, but I just greet everybody like that and just hope that they speak English to me. Yeah. Oh yeah. Let me just tell you what I need right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. So this is more of a deeper question. Ooh. Would you rather have a friend that had good morals and bad characteristics or good characteristics and bad morals? Mm, that's like, a toughie. Cause like yeah. the one with the bad morals, we probably are going to have some like real fucked up fun. <laughs> <laughs> But she's like a real good girl, you know, she's like nice right. about it. <laughs> like, you're going to probably get arrested this weekend. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. Prob- I don't know because I'm such a, I, I attract positivity now and all this negative stuff I just kind of shy away from. So I feel like someone with bad morals is probably not my go-to. Like you can have some bad characteristics and grow with them. Ooh. If you've got a bad moral compass, I don't know if you'll ever figure out where to point north. You know, it's going to take a lot of like mental searching <laughs> to get there. Like, if you got a bad moral compass, you're you're like, no, let's just pocket this lipstick at Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and you know, it, 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 there's no wrong answer. Every person I get a different answer to to that question. So don't feel like you're you're off the beat. But like, it's just crazy because I never thought of it that way. Like what is going to take for you to get better morals and what's going to take for you to get better characteristics? See, and I think characteristics, as we get older, we learn different characteristics. We evolve and we grow and we do mimic things that we're shown or we watch on TV or we hear on the radio. We do. And especially in this world of social media, we're always watching what the next cool, biggest, baddest thing is. And, you know, like right now on TikTok, the biggest thing is all these like, videos of all the sweet things people's husbands do and now all these dudes are just like going out of their way to do fancy fun cute stuff because they Gag. want to do tiktok Gag. Doing things like this it turns into yeah. a habit it, do, it does turn into a characteristic and people will remember those like yeah you know it just I don't know. Okay. Okay. okay Violet, uh, based on that though, would you want him to do something nice to you only because he saw it on tiktok? Hi, I'm interrupting the podcast. Um, I wanted to tell you about the project that I'm working on with Align Her. This is a, another um, part of my legacy that I'm building for coaching and discovery and imagining yourself already there. And we are doing a master class about balance. 
And in this class, it's going to be 90 minutes and we can bring you to the next level of thinking about balance, right? So you're going to feel like you're busy, you're stressed. This is all things that we're all feeling right now. But how can we find balance through all that? So we put a formula together to help you and it's going to be on January 27th, 2022 at 7.30 Central and you can join on with us. You, I will put the link in the notes. Please come on. It's going to be for $49.99 and we are going to talk about how you can find balance in your life. All right. I will let you go ahead and finish the podcast. Start three. So the question was, um, would you want to your boyfriend to do something for you nice just because he saw it on TikTok? That's the only reason why he's doing something nice. No, um, <clears throat> hell no. First off, <laughs> uh, no, you better just be nice to me all the time. Yeah. Uh, but my man wants to be TikTok famous so bad. So I'm just like, if he starts doing real nice stuff, I'm like, is there a camera around? Right. Like, oh <laughs> he wants to be TikTok famous? Oh my gosh, he's so funny. He always wants to post like, he posts videos of random stuff and just like like cop videos here in yeah. Tulsa. Yeah. And he's like, he'll get blown up and he's like, oh yeah, I'm going to be viral. And there's something here. about TikTok. It's so funny. Yeah, but there's something about TikTok and men. Like men he's, are all about it. It's so funny because like he's a dancer. Like I remember being in school and him like interrupting math class to like break dance for everyone. And he was a class clown, but he doesn't do the dances. He doesn't do that. He wants to like just have funny videos or cop videos or fight videos. (laughs) So yeah. So well, he posts a lot of scooter videos of Emilio. He likes to make like edit them and make them fancy. And (laughs) so those are fun, but yeah, he's, he wants to be Facebook and uh, TikTok famous. It cracks me up. Wow. I don't know why. Oh my goodness. That's so crazy. It's um, hilarious. With, like, <laughs> I feel like TikTok is like the Instagram for guys. Right. Basically, because they can post stupid, funny videos. And, you know, there's something about these, these big, burly men. Oh, God. Uh, these big, burly men that are like, you know, they're just so confident now on TikTok and they're like, oh yeah, dad bods are the hot thing and this and that. And it's like, oh, and they are, they're confident. And it's like, so is this what it took? TikTok made men confident. Now they're not insecure. If this is all it took, damn. But they should be, Violet. They should be. Some of them, I'm like, no, baby, you should not do that. Oh, and they think they're hot. (laughs) Okay, going back to friendships. What kind of friend are you and how do you show up in friendships? Um man I can be a flake I really can sometimes and not intentionally I just I work so much I do run myself ragged a lot and so it's hard for me to show up for people but I do try to um be on top of texting you I know you're having a bad day I saw them post something sad like hey are you all right or when I see them I do tend to give probably unsolicited advice Mm -hmm. but I try to be as down earth and open and again blunt Sometimes they just need to hear it and you just have to be honest with them. You have to be there. They're allowed to get mad at you. They're allowed to get annoyed at the shit you say. You got to just deal with it and wait for them to calm down and still be their friend. You can't turn around and be like, well, fuck you too. Right. Fine, you don't want to hear what I have to say. No, you got to be like, I understand you don't appreciate my opinion, but I'm saying it because I love you and I want what's best for you. So when you're not mad, 
you can call me later. <laughs> like, you know, and I'm the type of person who people for whatever reason want to vent to me about their relationships, but I'm never that person who's going to be a bitch to your significant other knowing what I know. Like, I don't ever want them to feel like, well, you can't be her friend because she's biased. She's going to take your side. She's yeah. going to cuss me out. I try to just be like socially equal. Just like, okay, I hear what you're saying. Your man's being a douche. So check his ass. But like, I won't tell him that I know he's being a douche. Like I'll come over <laughs> and be nice and like feed him yeah. or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I do try to be a good friend, but I'm a, I'm lazy. Um, and if you are calling me, I probably will respond to the text. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah. I'm just, I'm, I'm bad about it. I just work so much that I'm, I'm bad about it. And I'm trying to do better slowing my schedule down by taking this over. I want to move away from bartending. That again was just my part-time to get me in this door um, and through my divorce. But I, I do, I want to make more effort to be a better friend. I just feel like I, I also need that for myself. I need to have friends. I need to have the friendship time. I need the time away from home and the kids and the man. And, you know, it's, it's hard when you don't make time. So. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. what I hear you saying is, is that you're technically always there listening friend, but you're not always able to give your time. Yeah. Like if all day, all night, especially cause I work long hours. If you need to talk to me, text me, we can talk all day and all night about your problem. We can, discuss whatever you want get me on the phone is near impossible and I do try to make time to visit people but it's hard it's hard when you have a hectic work schedule and your kids are in sports and you got to share custody and yeah. you know you know yeah. you're a busy woman you yeah. understand so it is hard to make time and so what kind I of friend do you need what kind of friend do I need yeah um I really just need a friend who is understanding that I'm a busy ass bitch. Yes. <laughs> I got that to so understand. Hard. Don't be mad at me. Don't get jealous if so-and-so has time and you're busy and I didn't have time. This was my available window. Please don't hate me. I'm not ignoring you. Like, <laughs> right. Okay. So I have this theory like in my head when it comes to friendships, I'm just like that. But it's like, when they're like, well, I asked you to go out this weekend and I saw that you were out with this other person. Why didn't you say yes to me? And I'm like, well, I said no to you because I already had plans with that other person that I planned for three months ago. Yeah, right. Like people know, like my schedule, like, no, like, look, if you want to do something like I'm booked until like December. Right, right. I have this day available. Do you like I'm not the spontaneous like, oh, I can just chill with you right now. Like I have to plan and I plan yeah. to plan. Right. Right. I'm the same way. And like, I do get, I do get almost jealous sometimes of seeing my other homegirls or friends and they have like these girls that like, they have slumber parties and they take girls yes. and they do all these things. And I'm like, who has time for that? Like, I just, I feel like, um, even growing up, like I've always had close friends, like you and me were, gosh, all through elementary school, we're like best friends and Kaylee Davis, right. Natty, we were all like very close. Yeah. yeah. And Rachel Jefferson, we yes. were all so close. And, um, we were all really close, but like, as I got into middle school and high school, my dad was very strict. So it was like hard for me to get close where I had sleepovers all the time and built these long-term lifelong relationships. I see some girls we went to school with who still, they travel the world together. Right. They meet up when they have time. They do all these fun things. And I do almost get a sense of jealousy because I've always just been too busy. And again, I had my kids very young. 
how can I expect everyone to want to drop everything and hang out with toddlers when they're 21 and they want to go out? Yeah, you know, yeah. it was, that was, that was really hard too. I, I did have a lot of resentment for a long time towards myself for just not waiting and not giving myself an opportunity to live life before I had kids. Cause I, I grew up with my daughter. I mean, I was 17 when I got pregnant and she's, you know, almost 15 now. So it's, I just feel like we've, we've pretty much grown up together. So, um, I, I do with those friends, there are some friends who they literally don't want you to hang out with anyone else. They have a million friends, but you can be their only friend. Like you can only hang out with them. And those are the ones I'm just like, Ah, get away I don't want to be your friend yeah like, like, don't love you <laughs> yeah. yeah those are the tough ones those are the ones I try to avoid and see I I will agree with you I'll piggyback on that with you because I I had my son at uh 20 but I got married at 19 so like as soon as like everybody was really graduating out of high school I left Right. So when people were doing the whole college thing or like the whole TCC thing and they were Mm -hmm. like really connecting outside of school, I was in a whole nother city. Right. And so when I came back, it seemed like everybody still had these super strong connections and I still didn't feel like I belonged. Mm -hmm. And now I'm in Texas and now I talk to people that have had these relationships. They're like, oh, you know, we've been together since high school. We've been together since middle school. And I'm like, yeah. And if I was in Tulsa, yeah, it would be like that. And so now I'm like, I just don't have those type of connections. Like you said, like, how can I expect them to want to chill with me and tell me their deepest, darkest secrets when they have someone that they've been friends with for 30 years. Exactly. And it's, it's super hard to come. It's like, you can't compete with that. You know, and try all day. You just can't, you'll never fill that spot. And it's hard. And then it's like, I feel like everyone I try to be really good friends with, they already have a friend like that. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah, let me fit in here somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. I, and I'm, I'm finding out that I can have the same type of friend for multiple of things, mm-hmm. but they're all in different pockets. Like they're all in different buckets. And yeah. my problem was, is I, I was telling my friends, I was like, I just don't have any friends. And they were like, well, who the fuck am I? Like, yeah, and I, and I'm like right. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what I meant. Like I needed a certain friend for a certain bucket yeah. And they just didn't fit that bucket. Yeah. And when I was able to explain that, they were like, oh, okay. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, I love you as a friend. I'm so glad <laughs> you're in my life. But there's there's a bucket that is not filled in my friendship. And I need to find someone for that. Yeah. And then I have a, I have a couple of friends who I feel like um, I love them. I am pretty close with them. But I can only take them in bits and pieces because there's <laughs> something about them that either annoys me or stresses me out or they just got a lot of shit going on. And it's like, I love you. And it was so great that we hung out for two weekends in a row. But like, I'll see you in a year. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. There are friends you know, that are like that. Yeah. Where it's just like, you know, you can handle them in spurts, not because they're bad people. Maybe they're just high strung or whatever. It's just you don't vibe all the time. So I got a few girls that like, I, especially when I first was, uh, divorced, they were my party girls. We would go out, we'd get fucked up. And then it was like, okay, I can't be hungover anymore. So we'll talk in six months when there's like a holiday reason to party. And then, (laughs) and then I kind of veered away from people like that. Um, 
I just feel like I got married so young. I really neglected my, even my, my family, like everything, when you're young, you just feel like that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to do whatever your husband wants to make him happy, to please him, to keep your family together. Um, even if you're miserable, you just grin and bear. You're supposed to, that's what you're supposed to do, but it's not. And it, it took me a long time to figure that out. And I lost a lot of friends because they got tired of the drama or the blowing off or whatever due to that. And, you know, I think on his end too, that was his thing was, well, we're supposed to be homebodies because now we're married and we have kids. And that's true to an extent, but I feel like everyone should still be able to have a life. And when you don't allow that, you do lose friends and you like forget how to like co-mingle with people that you don't work with. <laughs> when you work with someone that's, it's like a, a wife or a husband almost, because you see them more than you see your own family. You know, when yeah. you work 40 hours a week, well, I'm here more than I am at my own house. So yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That was profound because I don't think that we say that enough. I think it's hard for people to recognize that. Honestly, I feel like you get into a funk or you get into a groove and it's like the funk either pushes you away from everyone or the groove just puts you in the same path as everyone. You don't necessarily veer from that path. And some people don't know how to get out of the funk. So it's like, you know, you just got to kind of open your eyes a little. Yeah. It's hard though. Thank you, Violet. That was that. No, like for real, because we always hear them like, no, I got my man now. I'm like, I can't fuck with you anymore because I got a man now. But then like at the same time, but who are you? That's what I hear you saying. Like, who's that? Who are you? Well, I'm so-and-so and and it's always I'm Mrs. This and that. Yeah. mm -mm. Who are you aside from him? Like, I don't I'm not trying to hang out with him. I'm trying to hang out with you. So let's find out about you and everything is always about their man or their life with their man or what they yeah. do at home. And I'm like, girl, you don't like watch Shameless when you're alone or, you know, like, <laughs> exactly. something to you that's unique. Okay, so uh, that's so funny you say that because, okay, 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 okay. So I was on <laughs> the, the peanut app. Have you heard about the peanut app? It's an app for moms to make friends with each other. Ooh, Right. So I get on it because one of the one of my guests on the podcast told me about it. And I was like, yo, I was a hoe in real life. I'm about to be a mom hoe. And I'm going to like like date all these bitches on here. Right. Because she told me it was like tender for moms. Hell yeah. Right. So I'm like swiping on these bitches. Right. (laughs) By the way, like the first person of the season is one of the girls that I met off of. of Hey, (laughs) so see, it did work out. It did work out. But in my bio. I put, I do not want to know about your kids. I do not want play dates. I do not want to know what your husband does. I don't want you to ask me about my job. I don't want to ask you about your job. I want a friend that I can just sit here and talk about you. Like, because every, first of all, some of those pictures are creepy. I don't know if you're trying to sell your kids on this app or like, I don't like, this that's one lady thing. has like 15 cats and I'm like, yeah, that's a no. Hmm. Like, you know, like there's so many things that you can read into these pictures because, you know, that's your first impression is your picture. But I wanted to make sure I was very clear. Like, don't think because mm-hmm. they're like, oh, my friend, my kids don't have anybody to play with. And I'm like, fuck your kids. I don't want to play with your kids. I don't want my kids to play with your kids. I want to be your friend. Yeah, like. That was one thing, um, especially when you're a younger mom, you end up with older mom friends because you end up having <laughs> play dates. And it's like, what else do we have in common other than our kids playing in your backyard right now? Nothing. Right, right. I'm barely hanging on to this conversation, lady. Like I'm falling asleep here mentally. Right. Uh, yeah, it's 
it's so it's so bizarre how like once you have a kid you feel like that's all you're allowed to do well I can't go do this because I have kids at home okay well we're not saying we're gonna smoke meth but like (laughs) turn up a little damn (laughs) like it's fine that your kid isn't here it's not they don't have to know everything you do it's fine it's so so funny like we can still make weed brownies girl right (laughs) share your cosmic recipes with me that's the kind of mom group I want what kind of weed are you smoking? Right. Well, I can go buy it and let you know I like it. Oh my God. I love you so much. And it's just funny because the, the first mom date I went on, we went to Mashed and they, I was like, hey, do you want to go to brunch? And she's like, okay. And we get sloshed. Like, <laughs> like, girl, like, I'm surprised. I was like, yo, I can't drive. And she's like, I can't drive either. So I was like, do you want to go to TJ Maxx and go shopping for candles? And she goes, okay. I spent $150 on candles at TJ Maxx. <laughs> and she helped me. And then I was like, I still can't drive. She's like, me neither. So we walk across the parking lot again and went to Nordstrom Rack. And I bought about another $400 in shoes. mind you two pairs of those shoes did not have the right foot to them like I couldn't even one pair I couldn't fit Christine (laughs) this is this is this is what my mom dating life is like (laughs) and then I was like do you want to be friends after this she's like yeah I was like okay like that's that I never asked her about her kids she never asked me about my kids it was like we were two individuals living our lives like you said like what mm-hmm. other things do I have in common with you outside of our kids playing together? Yeah. And a lot, again, being a younger mom, a lot of uh, older moms, they look at me like I'm a crack whore because I'm covered oh, in tattoos yeah. and I'm young and I'm, you know, I'm cute, you know? Yeah, I'm you sure. are. You got new titties. Yeah, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, I, I do. I, 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 some of these parents, they just like look at me like a psychopath, like, are you sure that our children are fine at your house? I mean, I've got weed and guns and booze, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Like, I'm not going to leave them alone to their own devices. We're not running a porno in here. Yeah. yeah. There may be some plants growing in the backyard, but they don't have to eat them. <laughs> you know, what's so funny is that you're like, he said, we're not going to smoke meth. And that's such an Oklahoma thing to say. <laughs> I was telling someone that the other day, they were like, where are you from? And I'm like, Oklahoma. And they're like, oh, weed is legal there. And I'm like, yeah, but it's all about the meth. And like, yeah. they didn't understand, like, Oklahoma is literally like the meth capital, like. Of the world. <laughs> it was that for like 15 years. Yeah. I think yeah. it's now like moved to McAllister or something, but. Still Oklahoma. Yeah, it's still Oklahoma. It still is. But so. like, that's a joke. It's a running joke. Since we were little, like everything was about meth. Like, <laughs> like they're like, oh, they're doing weed. It's like, yeah, but it's not serious until they start doing meth. Like yeah. that was that was the thing. So the fact that you were like, we're not going to smoke meth. Like, that's not a normal joke. I would tell someone <laughs> less if they were from Oklahoma <laughs> to understand. They're like, oh, shit, you done meth. And it's like, no, like it's like, an Oklahoma no, thing, I, you know, <laughs> You know, that's, that's the thing that is the way to determine. Like, I, I feel like I see people and the first thing I notice is your shoes or your teeth. You yeah. got meth mouth or your, you got yeah. some busted up shoes. It's not that you got busted up shoes. You can tell, are they busted up because they're work shoes or are they busted up because this person's just like weird and don't want to buy new shoes. 
you know, like I'm not saying that people don't get in situations where they can't right. afford them, but I've gotten some killer shoes from Walmart and Dollar General right. that have lasted years so you know if your feet are talking to me through your your sneakers I feel like we're not gonna be friends we're just not gonna have anything to talk about I don't even have a badass shoe game like that but I'm just like that is the first thing I see like <laughs> another meeting where we just like smoke some weed and have yeah. a funny conversation yeah no I would totally be down for that like oh my god I'm like literally in tears right now that no, is hilarious. it's because that's an Oklahoma thing to say though it is though it really but that's how you know here I I went to Montana with my kids last summer and I think I made a meth joke and this lady looked at me like you crack whore <laughs> and your babies that don't match get the fuck out of here get out of here yeah yeah no it's it's a thing it's a thing that's so funny in montana yeah they would not get it up there no no they would not get it oh my god oh my god okay 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 are you ready for your spitfire questions oh okay okay favorite color orange favorite book the giver Oh, you remember reading that? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I love, I love that book. Spender or saver? I'm more of a saver now, but I'm usually a spender. I'm trying. Yeah. Oh, this one would be a good one for you now. Are you a good girl or a bad girl? I'm a good girl. I yeah. am. <laughs> Natural hair color. Black almost. Role Gray. model. <laughs> Who's your role model? Honestly, I feel like the woman I'm partnered with, her name is Nora Escobedo, and she really, uh, she's a fucking rock star, and she really started in an industry all alone. She moved here from Mexico, started from the ground up, and she's really showed me a lot. I feel like that's probably my role model. Chips and salsa, you automatically get. It's a given. Are you going to order guac or queso? Oh, queso. Yeah, girl. Yeah. Every, like a lot of it. <laughs> don't bring me the bowl. Bring me or don't bring me the cup. Bring me the bowl. bowl. Yes. If you had a million dollars today, what would be the top three things you would do? I would buy me a house. I'd buy my mom a house and I'd invest the rest of it. What is your love language? Um, trinkets, I guess I would say. Not so, like, so much gifts. materialistic things, but I get off on... Uh, I made you this card or I picked up your favorite twit, you know, your candy yeah, lab, that's... Like trip, or, you know, just think of me and little things, a little text. That's like, I bet your butt looks good today. You were right. It does. <laughs> <laughs> just a little, I just want to know you're thinking of me, you know? Oh my goodness. That is a true gift. Love language. Like your love language is like diehard gift. Yeah. Okay. So you already talked about plastic surgery. What all have you done? What are you getting done? Are you thinking about getting anything else done? Injectables count. Um, I have been so terrified of injectables just because I'm in my early thirties and I know girls who have gotten it done already. Um, and they look amazing. You do. You look amazing. I never Thanks. knew. And I know some girls who have like no expression left and I'm like, <laughs> you got like 80 years left to live. I got to do you know, I got to still smile a little, you know, um, I, I honestly, everyone thinks I'm crazy, but I honestly want to go bigger with my boobs. Wait, I don't what know size why. are you now? 
I'm a 36D. Oh yeah, you can go bigger. I I, I think I want to probably hit like an F. Oh shit. Yeah, I okay. want to go. I want like obnoxious Pan Anderson porn star boobs. Everyone thinks I'm so crazy, and I don't know why. I want okay. So bad, but I do so bad. Like, so you don't know why? I just, it's just the look I want. It was the look I wanted. If they're fake, I wanted them to look fake and they look really natural, which is so funny because I, you know, obviously I've dated and since I've had them and people at first, if they don't see the scar, didn't even know they were fake. If I don't say anything, people who see me in person don't realize they look fake until I say something but I wanted them to look fake. It's like when you get big fake eyelashes, you want people to know you got fake eyelashes. Yeah, you want big ass lips. You want people to know these are not my natural lips. So yeah, that's, that's okay. It. I get it. I get um, it. Other than that, I don't know what else I would do. I don't know. Um, I've always relatively been, I mean, I've gotten bigger, but not too big. Um, I've always been able to kind of maintain my weight. So I don't know like lipo or anything would be yeah. in my books now, but I'm, there's still time right okay okay but I do have a question what what bra size did you start with before you got your d a 36 double a oh okay so this I totally makes sense. of the itty bitty two company <laughs> <laughs> like okay so this makes so much more sense okay that makes sense why you want to go bigger okay yeah, got it, got I, it, got well it. it's so weird because it's like even though I've had these I've had them for years in my own mind I still don't feel like I have boobs like yeah. I just, because I was that way for so, so long, you know, 30 years almost. So it, it's weird to like adjust in my mind. I look down I'm like, oh, I'm not big. yeah, <laughs> they yeah. are though, but I feel like they're not. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. I get that. Now, now that I know what you started with. Yes. I totally understand that. Um, you know, I'm an advocate for, um, all plastic surgery. <laughs> Cause I think plastics is amazing. Um, I, I don't know. F like Violet, like you're really tiny. Um, I, I am deceivingly tiny. I'm actually, I go between a nine and 11 and I'm five, five. Um, I'm about like 145, but I'm just like slender. I'm like wider, but slender. So it's yeah. kind of odd. I get that a lot. Hey, if you want to go up there, do it. I'm, I'm like, if that's, what's going to make you feel better. I say, do it. It's not like you can't get them taken out. Yeah, well, it probably wouldn't be great if I did that because I never had anything, so they'd probably look crazy. I, I had originally, when I did my surgery, I had booked for bigger, but my my skin just like capped out. They they had end up going and getting smaller implants to bring back to put in because the ones I wanted just they it was not going to happen. Yeah. So, well, yeah. So I had one universe. goal. Yeah, you know, it was probably for a reason. It was yeah. Like, you do not need fucking boobs. Like, <laughs> you're going to knock everything over. <laughs> That's what I was thinking. I was like, how are you going to bartend like that? But anyways, let's keep on going with your fire questions. What is your biggest pet peeve? Smacking your food. Oh, yes. Oh, I can't stand it. Um, what is your biggest fear? Um, like, ooh, I have a super crazy fear of heights, but like an actual fear. Um. That's a fear. Yeah. I feel like it's a fear, but like dying in some like really horrific way where I'm in pain. Like I want to just die in my sleep yeah. on my hundredth birthday or something. <laughs> yeah. I think that's all. That's how we all want to go. <laughs> yeah. I, like, just, I don't want any pain. Yeah. Okay. Is there anything you want to say to the listener that we have not covered yet about friendship? Um, the biggest advice as someone who can be a shitty friend is 
even if they're calling you and they may annoy you, you should just answer the phone, at least make an effort to call them back, text them, whatever you need to do. Definitely be transparent. I think, um, I think that's what I've needed. And I think that that's helped me gain better, longer lasting friendships. You do not have to sugarcoat things. You do not have to suppress your feelings or things that you're passionate about just because you're afraid to hurt someone's feelings. If they care about you, they will understand. And they will understand that you care about them and that's why you're being honest. Um, that's honestly the biggest thing I could say is, is just be honest with your friends, be open, be transparent because how are we gonna know you? How are you gonna know someone if they suppress things and they hide themselves? So I'm now this huge open book, so. <laughs> All right, that's Miss Violet, <laughs> my Oklahoma sister. <laughs> um, I uh, love re-listening to this so much because it's, it's so funny. I write the comment about like making meth come, you know, like we're from Oklahoma. Everyone does meth. And it's funny because like the um, the farther north I went when I moved and things like that, I don't know why I'm telling you this, but everyone when I was in Kansas, it was hard to find someone that didn't have a DUI. And I find like the farther north you go or more remote, I shouldn't say north, more remote locations that I talk to people, they're like, yeah, I got like four DUIs. And it's, it's just funny because you have that mentality of this is what we do because we get in trouble because there's nothing else to do. And now I'm in Dallas and, you know, Texas don't play. They do not play. They, I mean, a DUI is, on, I think they say $17,000 guaranteed if you get a DUI on, on your first one. Um, but it's just the, the different things. But I loved Violet so much and talking about like being a young mom. And then having to make friends as a young mom. And then on top of that, not having anything in common because the age gap of you and the other parent. Have you dealt with that? Have you had to say, okay, I'm an older mom. And I'm not talking about like, oh, I'm 35. I mean, like seriously, an older mom and people that have kids in your age are, you know, 10 15 years younger than you and what does that do to you in your head to say hey like am I too old or is it like hey am I too young where do I find friends with my kids and do I use my kids to find friends it's a weird cycle you chicken me egg right it, it's a weird way of being able to figure out where your place is in all of these things and I just love, I just love talking with her and all of her things um, that she's doing and the hard work that she's worked on. And I am so grateful for her to say yes to being on the podcast. If you would like to see a picture of Violet and connect with her, please go to Facebook. Um, our group is called You Gotta Meet Her Podcast. Please go check her out. Say how much you enjoyed her episode and connect with women on there. Um, I am trying to revamp it. We're going to be doing some different things and I'm excited for it. All right. That's all for me. I will check you out on the next one and have a great day.